Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast. I am your host, Michael Shields. Got an excellent episode for you today where I present an interview with musician and founding member, keyboardist for the progressive rock band Humphreys McGee, Joel Cummins. Joel's keyboard wizardry is widely established throughout the music world. Beyond his heralded work with the increasingly popular must-see live act that is Humphreys McGee, Joel has released impressive solo work and plays in bands with the likes of Nels Klein, Mike Watt, Stephen Perkins of Jane's Addiction, and Chris Poland of Megadeth. Beyond that, he has collaborated with such acclaimed artists as Huey Lewis, Joshua Redman, Mavis Staples, Phil Lesh, Buddy Guy, Thundercat, ASAP Ferg, Bella Fleck, Victor Wooten, Warren Haynes, Bob Weir, Les Claypool, and I could truly go on and on and on. Throughout their now 24-year career, Humphreys McGee has slowly but surely become one of America's most crowd-pleasing live acts. The band has been completely DIY their entire existence and have been extremely successful at it without any major label or management influence. While grouped within the genre, Humphreys McGee doesn't fit a traditional jam band mold. With elements of prog and classic rock, and even heavy metal influencing their sound and live performances, Humphreys McGee is a unique and captivating beast of a band. One which has fostered legions of hardcore fans and has propelled it to the top of festival bills, annual multi-night stands at venues such as Red Rocks and the Beacon Theater, and an extremely successful touring career. Their latest album, Asking for a Friend, which is the focus of this episode, is the band's 14th studio effort and it might be their most emotionally charged and powerful yet. The reason for this heightened potency is pandemic-related. Recorded over the course of three sessions at three different studios during the pandemic, Asking for a Friend represents a new approach for Humphreys McGee. With less pressure to finish the album quickly due to the industry-wide pause caused by the pandemic, the band was able to spend more time perfecting each track. However, Asking for a Friend began to take shape in a pre-COVID world in September 2019 when the band met up with longtime UM engineer George Magers, and producer Ryan Hewitt, who's worked with the lights of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Luminaires, Avid Brothers, and others, they met in Nashville for a session that would ultimately produce the standalone single, Sexity, as well as the first few tracks of the new album. Session 2 found the band at guitarist Jake Cunninger's home studio in Niles, Michigan, deep in the throes of the first few months of the pandemic. Working on new music by day and performing via live stream at night provided to be a highly successful and entertaining for the band who'd just been sidelined three months before. The end result is an astoundingly cohesive 14-song album that feels like a fresh statement from a group of world-class musicians and friends reapproaching their craft with a new lens. I want to share with you a little taste of the album. This is an excellent track. This one's called So Much.
this uh, after the interview with Joel. I'm going to share another track. That one's called Small Strides. We talk about it a whole bunch in the episode. And a reminder that uh, Across the Margin, the podcast, is part of the Osiris Media Group. Osiris has an excellent podcast about Humphreys that's running right now. It's an episode-by-episode song breakdown of all the tracks off of Asking for a Friend. It's called Talking Circles. It's at uh, osirispod.com. You can find all their podcasts there. But if you like this episode, like the album, you're going to want to check that out. So in this episode, Joel and I discussed the fascinating way Asking for a Friend was recorded amid the pandemic while expounding upon the band's songwriting process in general. We talk about the lyrical themes of the album, what it's been like, adding the music from Asking for a Friend into their live repertoire and just a whole lot more. Joel is an outstanding human being. It was really lovely to talk to him. It was tons of fun. And I have no doubt you will love this interview with Joel Cummins. Cross the margin. Cross the margin. Podcast. So yeah, no, that's why I really appreciate the time knowing that you're uh, on the road and the whole thing. So um, I'm really enjoying this album. There's, a, I'm still digesting it. There's a whole lot there with the 14 tracks and everything there. But um, just to kind of get going and, and to focus on the album, which I want to do here. Um, so you were this kind of started with you guys kind of webcasting shows in the round. Uh, while if I'm right about this, while Simon simultaneously recording uh new material so this is kind of coming to life in front of the fans eyes in, in a way is that correct yeah the we, we did i think three different times when we were uh streaming you know shows at night we were basically using that time in the day to uh to fro- focus on songwriting and recording and you know getting these arrangements together um, we did start the project in September of 2019 in Nashville with oh, wow. uh, okay. Ryan Hewitt and uh, Greg Majors there. So mm-hmm. we, we did actually Suck City, which we released as a single in mm-hmm. uh, 2020. And then um, and, and then Always October and Dayville Monarchy were the other two songs that were really created there right with there. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, originally we thought maybe we would have a few more sessions that we could do with him. And, you know, we ended up not really being able to, to make that happen because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, we, we've never really streamed events before without mm-hmm. an audience there. Yeah. So this was a completely new thing for us, but really gave us the opportunity to uh, to get together and make the most of our time uh, yeah. when we were away from our families during during the pandemic. Yeah. So you guys created like a little um, COVID bubble there. Is that that? And what was that? Um, it's a. Uh... Uh, Jake's studio and not is that in Niles Michigan Niles Michigan so we did the uh, the first one was in Niles the second mm-hmm. one was in Chicago and it was right yeah. before we did a couple drive-in shows in uh, oh, summer yeah, yeah. of 2020 mm-hmm. and then the third one was uh, at Chris's house and studio in Nashville Tennessee so um, so we went back to Nashville, uh, you know, for the end of it. And then independently of that, of course, a, a bunch of us were doing, you know, Brendan was doing uh, vocals in, uh, mm-hmm. in his house. Uh, you know, Jake was recording guitar parts and vocals at his place. I was recording some keyboards at my yeah. place. Yeah. Um, anytime we would fly into Nashville, we would go over to, I, I would go over to Greg's house and like, 
you know, do lay down some takes and uh -huh. like, you know, or toward the end we were doing a lot of vocal stuff. So that, that happened probably four or five times as well. Yeah. Uh, it's so fun. It, it was it's... nice because we, we were really able to take our time with this record, which definitely, you know, there, there's typically a little more pressure to get things done. And, yeah. you know, in this case, there was really no rush. It's really interesting to see some of these these albums and they're all kind of coming to life right now that are kind of these COVID projects and, and you did have this time or these thoughtfulness and it's one of the, you know, it's a lot of hurt and everything, but it's cool to see these these things, these positives from the whole thing. That was that was part of it, you know. Um, we live in Santa Monica in, in California and oh, so yeah. you know, most, most of the band is, I mean, we're, people are in Chicago, Charleston, Nashville, so um, you know that geographic distance isn't something that had really affected us before yeah. and it, it, you know it became a big challenge to even get together so definitely um, that's what I probably made it so special when you were doing that 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 time right, and right, exactly. that thing. It, it, it really made those moments um i mean you know the, those first couple months when we didn't see each other and you know it was like you were you're just supposed to kind of be at home by yourself it was uh it, it was really hard i mean i had dreams of us playing shows again and it was like this extreme longing you know and i would wake up and be like oh i can't do it it's not real well some of that, yeah, that, that brings but, me to something i do want to ask and um it's it's you know some of the themes present in, in these songs and and you know, isolation is something that is represented. And, you know, you could think of like the lead single that um, uh, I don't know what I want. There's there's mentions of that and even some of the hardships of dealing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was super relatable of some of the things that um, I, I think Bre Brendan pens these that track. Right. Um, but it was just yep. I mean, yep. some of the themes that we're dealing with here are isolation and COVID related uh, related. But there's also some very other relatable themes that deal with friendship and loss. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brennan has always had a penchant for being somewhat cryptic with his lyrics and in a good way, we, you know, that I, I think it's cool when things can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Uh, it allows ways. for us to take it where and, we need to take it as a, as a um, listener. A little more direct. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think there's still some openness for interpretation in the way that, that he writes, which is nice. Which is cool. um, but uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of things that can kind of be applied to um, to pandemic times. And it's interesting because some of these lyrics, I think, were written before that. Yeah. So, you know, it, there's because we're coming out of it and this album is coming out this year. I think it's a natural inclination for a listener to kind of go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, that's a very interesting thing. And it's like even the things that were written before this that feel applicable, applicable yeah. to the moment is yeah. uh, is is pretty sweet. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And you know, the the tune that Jake sings, Dave L. Monarchy, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. he had some lyrics for that. And when we got to the studio. Um, he kind of said, he's like, you know, I like some of these, but I don't like it all. And so we decided to just kind of sit, sit around in a circle as a group and go like line by line and see like awesome. what we wanted to fuck with and what we wanted, wanted to change. So we did that with, uh, with Ryan, uh, Hewitt, uh, since, you know, that was in that original Nashville yeah. session. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty cool with what ended up being kind of, um, you know, a combination of Jake's original lyrics and mm -hmm. then the little things that we amended. 
yeah that's awesome uh, yeah no, there's, there's um, i've been listening to some of talking circles the podcast you guys are doing about the things and there's like there's stuff that's i mean 15 years in the making and just some demos that like you know let's rehash this let's try that so i'd like to ask a little bit about process and you mentioned how you know jake's brought some songs to things but so is the idea that one of you or yeah, i'm guessing brandon uh often uh brings something that they pen to the table or or, or you know a piece of a song and then kind of shop it around a little bit and then and then you know you guys once uh, uh you know decide upon something that you're all feeling then you kind of start building from there so it's a lot of different ways sure. you know jake um probably writes something like you know 30 to 40 songs a year really so <laughs> he plays drums bass keys he can play anything you know so a lot of the times if he has something, um, you know, he'll just, <laughs> he'll be like, all right, here's, you know, all the tunes that I have, you know, we, like we probably have a collection of 200 or 250 of his songs that he's just done on his own, you know? Um, so a couple of those are things that, you know, we are waiting, um, similar skin, it's not us and it's you. Um, you know, there was kind of a vibe, a little more rock and roll, a little more progressive, heavier stuff with those. And so I think there were even some things that, you know, we, we might have started or talked about uh, during those sessions that we yeah. didn't get to. But, you know, we always have kind of like an ongoing uh, group of songs or ideas. I, I go to Jake's house a couple times a year and we'll always write a couple of them. And, you know, we just did a few um I went to his place right after summer camp. So mm -hmm. uh, we got two new songs started there. And like, you know, Brennan, like you were saying, Brennan, um, you know, he'll create uh, demos that aren't quite, t typically not quite as fully fleshed out. So, so much would be a great example of that where um, it was a much more stripped down thing. And then, you know, we kind of did the approach of like, let's add as many different layers and cool things coming in and out on that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so th I, I think that, uh, you know, you'll have that. And then, um, you know, sometimes too, like we brought a bunch of these ideas to the studio and it was there that we were like, okay, we need one more section for this. Like, uh, you know, Dayville Monarchy, for example, that bridge that's in there, we, we, uh, we came up with that, you know, on the spot and then added all the, the vocal stuff on that. So. Um, there are definitely moments when it's like, okay, we've got a couple good sections that are fitting together. Can we come up with something else yeah. that is going to, you know, really, really bring it together? Yeah. Um, so I think that was the case with a, a lot of these tunes as well, you know. And the other part is that we had the opportunity to really add and take away things because we had so much time. You know, we, we had most of this basic track recording um really done by like september of 2020 awesome. so wow. you know we had a year and a half to really tweak these things and work on you know and and figure out what are the things this needs like you know what can we do to uh fill in these little spots or at you know so that was something that i think was really fun for me because you know, being a keyboardist, there are so many different tones and timbers and, and things I can do from adding things that are really obvious, little melodic, you know, um, content to stuff that is super vague and like kind of distant in the background mm -hmm. and, and weird, you know, like there, there's, there's really a huge variety of stuff. So I feel like I got to take advantage of that um, more so than a lot of past albums. You know, I don't know what I want has a ton of cool weird stuff on that on there so much like i was talking about i mean probably like 
10 to 12 different keyboard sounds tracked mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, small strides. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask small strides has, oh, man, yeah, small strides has tons of stuff, tons yeah. of stuff in there. So, um, yeah, this was a really fun record for me to do. And then there's also some really, um, cool little acoustic piano moments too. You know, mm-hmm. the, um, it, it ended up, we started out kind of trying to make it like a piano solo and uh, it's not your fault. Yeah. And then as it kind of went, um, I was talking to Jake about it. I'm like, dude, I think this could be a really good call and response moment for the two of us on this record. And so of course he goes in and, you know, puts down this beautiful, like, pastoral line that was something that was added pretty late into the uh-huh. tracking of it so i probably got the solo done i think i did that in the piano was at greg's place in nashville so that was probably it was one of the times when we flew in there so it was probably like april or may of 2021 when i uh, tracked that and jake probably did the guitar thing like that summer in you know early fall so <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the stuff, yeah, a lot of the stuff, like I'm saying, you you know, and a similar one, uh, the last track, Work Sauce, Mm. um, Bridge is this, uh, again, kind of a little bit of a trading thing between Jake and me. I'm doing these like ascending little synth third things. And, you know, Jake is then responding with, uh, you know, with with lines to it. I I love that, too. So um, this is something that just happened organically because we had the time. Yeah, the time. So, so it's for small strides, um, you said that's the most uh, keyboard parts you've played on a song. Is that correct? Uh, it has to be. It has, has to, to be. be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I made some. Um, I went along and made notes because I, you know, I tried to use my um, my my mini Moog Voyager and my uh, my sequential Prophet for mm-hmm. the tones for these. Yeah. Um, you know, so that there are things that I have available to me live, yeah. right? Yep, so it's yep. funny looking back on these. I have notes in my phone, you know, of like, what are all these sounds that I used? <laughs> and the, the list of small strides is so long, you know, it's, uh, it's wild. You get to pull out um, all the toys. But, uh, yeah, but I'm, you know, looking back now as we're relearning these songs and playing them up, I'm like, thank God I wrote this stuff down because, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 this would be a big challenge now. So, um, so yeah, that one has a ton of parts, um, uh-huh. you know, from low. Uh, synth based stuff mm-hmm. to more melodic like you know it feels like punchy 80s synths yeah you know, that's yeah. kind of what we were going for there it's definitely and, an electronic groove it feels a little it feels a little different than than what you guys usually do and and, and in a good, really cool way yeah and i think that's a big thing for us too we we mm-hmm. don't want to rewrite a song that we've already written yeah um yeah. there's and that's cool there are bands like acdc who can do their sound and that's their thing and you're like this is obviously acdc this is the you know right that's their lane yep um but for what we can do and want to do i think it's more interesting for us to you know to to try different stuff and to try to uh try to come up with something that we haven't done before and and i think we feel like we accomplished that in this album uh one of the things we're we're finding is you know, we're, we're learning these songs is we made the vocal arrangements fairly challenging. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, being able to sing, you know, four part stuff uh, while we're all playing different, you know, we're trying to fill these parts we're like, oh, yeah, well, maybe I shouldn't have tracked 17. Yeah, keyboards yeah, you back yourself time. into a corner there. <laughs> yeah, totally. um, I'm curious, as um, I know, uh, 
how loyal your fan base is. Uh, uh, many of them are near and dear friends. Um, I'm curious if there's any pressure you feel when you're when you're in the studio, when you guys are writing this music to kind of satiate, um, you know, and you mentioned kind of stay in your lane, satiate your lo loyal fan fan base or because you know um, how much they really appreciate, you know, the risk you take on stage and then, you know, love like the improvisation, and everything. Do you feel kind of emboldened by that to take chances in the studio? Or is that something you might not even think about? You're just trying to write the best song you can and go from there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to write a good song. So mm -hmm. you, you start there and it, yep. we've always we've always tried to kind of do that. I would say Local Band Does Okay, which was our 2002 album, is probably yep. the last album where we were kind of doing a little more playful improvisational stuff on studio recordings. So we, we've tried to just get at the heart of songs and... Um, not think too much about what the fans are going to be into or not into, you know? Mm. Um, hope, I mean, you know, there's going to be at least a few people that are into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, you know, and I guess the other question is, it's like, we've had so many different little sides of the personality of who we are. Mm. You know, Mantis was like this extremely progressive album yeah. um anchor drops was kind of more all over the place um you know similar skin was more of our like hard rock album yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know I, I think that there's uh i think that there's 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 kind of, we, we were a little bit freed up by that because there we have a history of you know kind of doing a different sound from album to album yeah yeah yep. so in a way i think that helps yeah. with you know the being concerned with with anyone's expectations about yeah. what it'll be yeah. um and the other part of it is you know having people like ryan hewitt and greg majors that we're working with where we know they're going to help us make there's a trust decent decisions yeah. Yeah. and you know work on the arrangement yeah there's there's a trust and there's also like these guys know how to make us sound better <laughs> you know yeah. i think it's a hard time sometimes when you're the you know when you're the one that's creating the um you know the music and Creator and, the and the judger. yeah it, it can be hard you know we'll, we'll often try different things in the studio and have an a or a b choice of how to play something yeah. and sometimes i'm like ah oh, I, I like them both i don't know <laughs> what to choose you know so it's helpful to have someone else like no this is obviously is better it? than that this is um it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, also Greg is a really um, astute person with uh, with vocals and harmonies. So I, you know, I, I grew up um, singing in, you know, mixed choirs, singing some pretty challenging music in both high school and, and in college. So that part of it is is really cool to see kind of come more to life. Um, I feel like there have been some songs where we've had, you know, more advanced vocal harmonies, but this one is definitely one of the more complex ones. And yeah. I, I really love that that's something that he's passionate about bringing out in us. Totally, totally. So uh, you mentioned some of the challenges of, of bringing some of these songs to the stage. Are there some that you really, really enjoy bringing to the stage or even even ones that you feel are being received really well from this album so far? I mean... We've we've played four of them live. We've played I don't oh, know what I'm right Small Stride, yep. New Wings, and uh, so much. So we debuted New Wings and so much uh, the last uh, weekend in Colorado, oh. and uh, shows, so yeah. we're you know continuing, mm -hmm. yeah, continuing yeah. working on more now. So um, honestly, Process. like I've listened to these songs so much 
Yeah. That's funny because that's what I was going to say. I've listened to these so many times. Yeah. Um, and that's one of them so much is one that still I enjoy listening to. So getting to play that one live was really, really enjoyable. And, you know, there's just some cool uh, keyboard parts that I was able to write for that one. So that, that part of it is also, uh, you know, gratifying to like get finally get that out there and be playing it. Um, Small Strides has been a blast. We, we did some uh, improvisation with it. Uh, I want to see, see that live for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's on. I think we put that on YouTube. So I think mm, you can. Cool. I think you can see that. Um, we're gonna start working on a scapegoat today. So you know mm. that's that's one that I think is really gonna do well live and be fun to play. Um, honestly, I, though, like there aren't any of these that I'm not excited to play. Like it's huh. uh, and having 14 new songs to put into the catalog this year is just it's it's pretty treat, cool. So treat, treat for you guys, um, treat for the fans, treat for everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's the, the new material is kind of the lifeblood. It makes the older totally. stuff better. It makes you yep. appreciate the older stuff. And now we don't have to play, you know, uh, Bridgeless every, maybe we can move it to every fourth show and every third show. You know, you know? Yeah, I was almost going to ask uh, after all these years, it's, uh, it's amazing to just see how inspired you guys are and, and just, you know, and still trying new things. And I'm seeing new covers and just wild moments. Uh, I, I mean, it just, it's so clear you guys, I mean, it's got to almost boil down to this. You guys just love what you do. It's got to be the case, right? Yeah. And, you know, mo most nights it's really fun and easy to go up there and make it happen. And, yeah. uh, That's so cool. you know, it's been, it's been, um, it's been a good last particular, the last month from, mm -hmm. um, from, from summer camp through Red Rocks was, mm -hmm. was really fun, you know, getting to play some of these new songs and, um, you know, just being back out on the road, playing outside. We got to do some shows with Lettuce too in Florida and we had the run with the biscuits that we did on the East Coast. So um, we had a lot of things that we had planned that came to fruition. And I think still in this age of, um, you know, Uncertainty. COVID is still a thing. And, yeah. you know, and now people are like having trouble with flights and everything it's totally. just like you realize more and more how much it takes for a show to actually happen Definitely. and so you, there's, you there's, a new level, there's a new level of appreciation for cool. that moment when the six of us get to walk out on stage yeah. i think both from our perspective and from the fans perspective That's so that. um so the fact that we were able to actually pull off that entire four-week run <laughs> felt like a, you know, a huge accomplishment um but yeah, there's, there's, it feels like we've got a little renewed en energy and focus and, you know, we're all stoked to be working on this new material and, and, uh, you know, it, it's just exciting to be able to give this to our fans now after, you know, getting through the pandemic and it's like, all right, here's, here's some new shit. You know, we're not yeah. just going to sit around and, and play the things that we know, uh, yeah. people like, and, you know, it's like, that's cool, but we, we got to keep coming up with uh, new things to keep the lifeblood going. Totally. And you are, and it's awesome. And then the albums, it's really, like I said, I'm still digesting it. There's, I'm going through it. It's just, it's tons of fun. There's a lot of different things going on. It's, it's, it's really great. And it's great to uh, learn more about it. I mean, it's really, it's, it's just like you, you were describing it, it over the time span, all the different places. It's a, it's a unique beast. It's really cool. And I, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about it here. It was, it was, this was great. Yeah, Michael, absolutely.
This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.